0: WKNC 88.1, you guys were just listening to the lead single off of Gross Ghost's newest album. It's called Public Housing. It came out on Odessa Records earlier this week, uh, on Tuesday. These guys uh, had a show at Nice Price, I believe, earlier this week. And they are going to be doing an an in-store session at School Kids tomorrow at about 3 o'clock, I believe. And I am joined right now in studio by Mike Dillon of Gross Ghost. Thank you so much for coming in, man.
1: Thanks for having me
0: so uh throughout this hour as i mentioned earlier we are going to be playing uh, a good bit of the selections that mike picked from our local library which goes back to like early 90s it's crazy like yeah
1: i'm showing my age i don't know uh when i was growing up on the outer banks the triangle music scene in the 90s was pretty prevalent and like getting me to move out here picking up a guitar and all that stuff so it's kind of fun to go through your your uh, archives and pick out some fun stuff
0: i'd imagine yeah when i was leaving um Adam Kincaid, or when Adam was leaving, he started kind of delving me into the history of the local music scene, and it's nuts. There's so much awesome stuff that so many people have no idea has even really happened.
1: a lot of people that are in bands right now that are finally getting some recognition, they were in other bands before, and to see that uh, development and where they are now, like you can trace it back to some of the picks I I chose.
0: Yeah, definitely, and even one of the ones that I immediately saw, because I got into it in about 2008, and um lilac shadows has gotten a lot bigger lately and before that i was following the huguenots Mm -hmm. and then i didn't put two and two together until like lilac shadows started getting big i'm like wait that's the same that's why his voice sounds so similar yeah yeah it's crazy and
1: you know even uh i didn't just pick chapel hill stuff because that would be too obvious but uh when i moved here i moved to raleigh and there were a lot of raleigh bands the old kings that were coming up and i found some of their records that got lost in the the time warp so yeah bring them back
0: definitely and it's and it's awesome because when i first uh saw you playing music it was with old bricks Mm. and then it was motor skills and then it was gross ghosts
1: yeah um that was that was kind of i've always been doing stuff with chris the drummer for gross ghost and that was kind of a thing where with old bricks that that's Stu and andy and uh stuart edwards and they you know we were roommates just kind of made sense so and then with motor skills that was just me and chris wanted to do something different, um, and now he's taking that, and actually they're going to be coming out with something soon in the future, he's got a whole new lineup, they're doing, you know, female vocals, and... That's awesome. Yeah, expanding, so it should be cool.
0: Yeah, and speaking of that, um, there's been a bit of lineup changes throughout Gross Ghosts' mm-hmm. uh, duration, what, and putting it bluntly, what took so long to get Chris in the band?
1: He was always in the band, it was, it was, uh, well, not always, but Trey and I started the band, and then... It was just a home recording project. Right. And when we needed people for live shows, we tried a couple on our own and they weren't up to par. So we started getting, you know, like I said, the roommate circuit or the community circuit. And Chris played on the first record and he played shows with us, but then he, uh, you know, he was doing his thing and, and we kind of wanted someone that was closer to us and TJ was in town, you know, it made sense. And then, uh, TJ, you know, moved to New York, so... Chris was always in the shadows, just lurking, just <laughs> doing his thing, and and then we got him in the fold for, for permanent. So. so one might call him a lurker. Yeah. If <laughs> you want to get him, plenty.
0: All right. Yeah. So um, one of the things I've been interested in is uh, public housing has, at the time, it feels very similar to what you put out with Brer Rabbit, but there's also a lot different, um, which is, is very vague, but it's the subject matter has obviously changed, mm-hmm. and- I'm interested in, you know, like, what was what was the writing process like behind Public Housing? What was kind of going on in your head as you were writing these songs out? Um,
1: I think the difference that you're talking about is it's a couple of things. One is that the first record, the Brer Rabbit stuff, was Trey and I. Um, a lot of it was written just us two or just me or him. And when we recorded it, we, we did all the instruments and... I'm not the best drummer. I'm, not, you know, I'm okay at bass. I'm just, you know, trying to get by with what I got. So, right. So, um, it kind of had like a stripped down, more lo-fi feel as, as kind of by default. But this new record, we had, uh, you know, Chris is an excellent drummer, and and Rob can shred on guitar. So we had different avenues to go down as far as what we could get out of the playing, and it was a lot, like a load off me. Focus more on lyrics, and focus more on. Uh, structure and tempos and stuff right so that's kind of a subtle change but then the other thing is I guess the material the first record was a lot about my family and a lot about um childhood and early 20s and this record is much more up to date with where I'm at right now and and things that have happened and like moving around the triangle and trying to find your way and when your 20s are almost out the window (laughs) yeah so yeah so a little bit of different subject matter and having other members in the band kind of shape the sound to make it a little a little more going in a different direction than where it was before
0: right and whether it be moving around the triangle or just like a constant state of flux with life um mm-hmm. there's been some changes within gross ghost and one of the ones that i was interested about is when i heard about this record getting ready to be released is the change from grip tapes to odessa because mm-hmm. odessa is fantastic it's one of my favorite labels around here they've got a lot of awesome bands um what what sparked the move to go to odessa records and what is what has changed about the process with it
1: well after we put out the first record with grip tapes who were great to us and they're all our good friends like really good friends um we got a lot of offers from a lot of big labels like money 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 records uh, little money records um <laughs> Just all these record labels with money. and yeah, Obviously. No, 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 I'm just kidding. We just, uh, basically, we just really liked all the stuff that Odessa was putting out. And between like, you know, I've always liked them since Inspector 22 and Impossible Arms, Kingsbury Manx, and then the Bags record. I've always known Paul Finn. He's a great guy. And Hank and John over at Grip Tapes are awesome. And it just seems like uh, Grip Tapes has got a real good sensibility about the electronic music scene around here. Um, kind of like, more synthesizer based bands and I just kind of wanted to go for a rock label and it was no hard feelings and we're all friends. right? And and basically, I think Grip Tapes is doing a great job. They did great with us and they've got a lot of other good bands coming out there. So I'm excited for them and Odessa has been great so far. so
0: Yeah, and the fit with Odessa seems so natural. Like when it was announced, I was like, well, it it seems like a very obvious fit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, keep
1: it in the family. Keep it in the, you know, throw It's nice to have a, uh, either way, with Grip Tapes or with Odessa, you know, you can call them on the phone 3 o'clock in the morning and be like, right. I got this idea. They don't really
0: like that, but, <laughs> but I do that,
1: so that's that's kind of a prerequisite for a label for us.
0: Yeah, just let them know, break, break them in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. And uh, one of the things, we were talking about this a little bit uh, before we mentioned the Odessa stuff, is, you know, there's a lot of personal stuff wrapped up in these songs. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you try to disconnect from these things when you're performing these songs? Or do you kind of, like, revel in the fact that it's it's so wrapped up in your personal life that...
1: It's a combination. I think when... Especially with this record, I was writing a lot of lyrics and kind of stream of consciousness just writing them down as the feelings were coming. And then, you know, when you look back and even actually working out the lyric sheet for the for the packaging of the album, I was like, whoa, these these lyrics are kind of a uh, telltale of what's been going on with me and kind of it's cathartic in a way to play them live and feel the feelings that you felt when you wrote the songs. But then at the same time, sometimes when you just, uh, just going through it, I mean, I can't go through the motions. when I'm Right. Playing, right. But at the same time, like you find a little bit of separation. And sometimes I find myself thinking about the moment that I was in when I wrote the song, or I think about the guitar part that I'm excited to play or, or like Chris is about to do something nasty on the drums, but <laughs> Yeah, I don't ever want to cover myself, so I try to I try to feel the songs every night, and it's I mean I wrote them, so I might as well right. live them, yeah.
0: <laughs> and it seems like regardless of the stage that you guys are at, you know, whether it be like Kings or the Cave or something like that, or the main stage, you know, at Hopscotch, yeah. it's it seems like there's the same amount of effort and the same amount of energy put in. Which I guess when you have songs that are so wrapped up within your personal life, you kind of have to do that.
1: Yeah, it's it's the kind of thing where especially with this record, a lot of stuff was going on that kind of bled over into the process of writing it and recording it. And um, I think I try to use that more as free therapy or, <laughs> right. or like fuel to like, to, to put it, pour it all into the song. Um, and I was just thinking about how you said earlier, there's a change in the uh, the way the rec- this record's different than the first one. I think it's that these songs are meant to kind of the feeling first, you know, not so much a, a head right. record that as, a, as a body action kind of, you know, the f- movement. A lot of uh, a lot of just going for it and yeah. attack. I think that's what I wanted these lyrics to kind of you know convey. So,
0: right, which is awesome because usually when people go into the sophomore record, there's a lot of like frustration. It seems like in trying to find what you're gonna do to switch it up, and it seems very natural, a very very natural transition for public housing, and um, we are going to get ready to jump into some of these tracks that Mike has picked out to play throughout the hour. You guys are first getting ready to hear a track from Archers of Loath's album, Vivi. This is the leading track. It is called Step Into the Light. Uh, We're going to take a brief break after that, hear a little bit more from public housing, another track that Mike has picked. And we will be back to talk more with Mike about some of public housing and the stuff that goes around with Gross Ghost. So you guys are listening to Carolina Grown, and you're about to listen to Step Into the Light from Archers of Loaf. WKNC 88.1. This is Carolina Grown. I am joined in the studio still by Mike Dillon from Gross Ghost. Uh, We are talking a bit about public housing, which is the brand new record that came out uh, earlier this week on Odessa Records. Uh, we have been playing some of Mike's own selections from our local music library. Uh, you were just listening to Des Arc with My Saddle is Waiting, Come On, Jump On It. Um, before that, you heard Gross Ghost's acoustic track from Public Housing with Dissolve. And before that, you heard Step Into the Light from Archers of Loaf. And um, speaking of Dissolve, um, it's the sole acoustic track on Public Housing. And I've got to wonder, um, so do you write these songs on an acoustic or did this just... Decide, like, all right, well, I want this one to be acoustic, and why?
1: Um, That song in particular, you know, listening back to it, um, we went through a bunch of different methods of trying to make it happen. We did it, like, the sped-up electric way, and then we did it slow-down mid-tempo, kind of trying to sound a little different than our normal thing, and then not out of frustration with trying all these different methods, but more out of, like, I wrote it on acoustic guitar... I know how I wanted it to sound, right? Um, and then we were also in a studio where we could kind of fool around with pedals and stuff. You know, I th- I think uh, we talk about that one because the way it is on the record, we want to do it live. I don't want to just play it by myself. Yeah. So we're gonna that song's gonna be a fun one to just kind of like screw around with live, see what we can do with it, and take it through various incarnations. And uh, yeah, the rest of the songs, I kind of knew I wanted them to be, like.
0: Get up rocking. and go, rocking.
1: Yeah. We, we want to make a rock record, uh, but I also felt like we needed something to slow it down, you know. So that was that.
0: That was the one. Right. So do do you write most of your songs acoustic based, or or does um, it kind of vary?
1: Usually the song just start in my head as an idea, and I record them on my phone, and then uh, record over top of that. It's right. really ghetto. It's really really ghetto. Uh, my boombox or or on a laptop, and then if I can put together a skeleton. I'll bring it to the guys. But I kind of already know in my head, like, how I want it to sound. Right. And then um, usually we know it's a good song or or worse for us if all the other guys feel the same way or, like, if they can put something on it that that adds to it, and um, they do. So, yeah, I don't normally write on acoustic, but if I hear the song in my head that way, that's how it's going to turn up, so.
0: Right, and uh, one of the things I've noticed, too, is, you know, like, you talk about hearing songs in your head, and a lot of what I've noticed on public housing is there's some tracks in particular where the vocal melody will really mimic the guitar line, and what what comes first in a lot of these situations? Do you prefer to write around the melody in terms of the instrument coming with the vocals, and the <laughs> vocals coming with the instrument? That's just the me thing. I don't, yeah,
1: that's uh, that's also kind of probably because uh, the it being in my head thing is, I'll come up, I'll hum a melody, I'll pick it up on guitar, and then hum the melody. Learn it on guitar i learned my guitar parts from hearing it in my head and yeah. going over to the guitar and trying to figure it out noodling around yeah just like the way i tie my shoes it's all messed up it's so <laughs> uh, but basically that's by default to me loving like a lot of post-punk bands that have like very singular like guitar lines and also wanting to have a level of simplicity to it immediacy right but uh but rarely do the vocals the vocal melodies might come first and then I'll build around that or the guitar line will come first and I'll add vocals on that. But I never think on purpose to, to squish them together. Yeah. It just kind of works that way.
0: Yeah. And it adds a bit of like cohesiveness to it. And it, it makes the melody a lot stronger too. Cause a lot of what I hear from gross ghost or what I hear from people talking about gross ghost is they're like, Oh wow. They're, they're a rock band, but they're so melodic. And then when you sit down and like you focus, like you said, like a lot of, a lot of it will just kind of mimic that.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh it's a combination of bands I love that do that and maybe subconsciously kind of trying to take from that. Right. But I also think it's just the only method I know to like I don't know how to work a four track. <laughs> God help me. I don't know how to I don't know how to read music. I just hear it in my head, so fingers crossed.
0: Uh <laughs> well, it seems to be working out so far. Cool. I'll say that much. Um, you have a in-store performance coming up at School Kids. Yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow. at 3. I'm excited. Um, how are you guys approaching this? Is this going to be full band setup? How are you? Yeah, all the,
1: I mean, we've gotten offers. Um, we've tried to learn how to adapt like different, different venues or different filming things or radio stuff. They ask us to do a different version, like an acoustic version of the band and we have tried it. It's cool, but I think we all would prefer to just play loud and, and just, I mean, we come from all of our backgrounds come from playing at house parties and playing right. really like our, we just played a nice price books the other night. So I mean, a small space is not a problem. We'd rather just be loud in a small space. So
0: it's and it seemed that seems to fit with the gross ghost style. I remember one of the first interactions I had with you guys was we filmed a uh, a video session. Yeah, out of a cabin, cabin in Carvera,
1: my creepy cabin and in the woods,
0: it just like tucked in the corner, just full band, just totally overwhelming sound, but a really still awesome because it was, I don't know, it adds a certain aesthetic to it like you're kind of all crammed into this one area and the sound just kind of pours out
1: even at even at hopscotch when we played on the main stage uh we we got advice from friends that had played it before but we already kind of knew the same that we wanted to to cram together you know that was a big stage to to use and we played the cat's cradle and even that just it feels kind of weird not to be so close the disconnect is kind of like it it might affect the music I, i feel like being really close and getting into it with the guys is kind of part of the part of the fun of playing live for us and what makes a better show for us is when we're all feeling the energy so i think we prefer that
0: right and it's it's awesome seeing speaking of hopscotch you guys getting to that main stage cuz i feel like have you guys played was it every year of hopscotch almost except i don't yeah. think it was the first one no we didn't play the first yeah. year
1: but then we played each uh, successive year and i mean yeah it was cool to to they stuck us at uh what was it a place called the Union the first year, which is like way off the beaten path. Yeah. Like, I think they were just trying to stick us in Garner. But then, <laughs> no, no, but seriously, but then like they put us at Berkeley Cafe and that was a really rad show. It was wild. And then I thought, you know, maybe we get it offered another gig. And then when they offered us that, that was, um, I was really honored and excited. And I mean, Greg Hagen lost a bet. That's how that all happened. <laughs> I think. I mean, I'm not sure. You can ask him, but. Like, who should we get to open for
0: Big Boy when it was Big Boy? Yeah,
1: you know, and then he flipped a coin, and here we are.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And how, when you saw, when you saw that at the time you guys were going to be opening with Big Boy, how did you approach that? Like, were you considering any sort of changes in how you were approaching the show? No
1: way, but I really, I mean, the only thing about Big Boy not playing was I really wanted to hang out with him. I really wanted to talk to him about pit bulls. I wanted to, um, (laughs) you know... Tell him about how I do my thing and see if he like that. He probably not. Offered, you know, if I could be his personal assistant. I just kind of wanted to hang out with him. Right. He's kind of a, a hero to me anyway. So that so the difference in music wasn't really even a factor. I was just really wanting to meet him. I kept saying, like, I'm gonna go meet that guy. <laughs> you and then when he when it switched out, you know, and they they changed and yeah. didn't play, I kind of was like, oh, okay, well. Next time, maybe one When we one day,
0: maybe that next time we play with Big Boy. Yeah, I yeah, was, I was so excited. Yeah, it was, <laughs> and I don't know if you got to go out to the replacement show, but that was I didn't, but uh, it was nuts. <laughs> no, I've seen
1: him before. I mean, he brought out like 20 girls on stage to twerk it, and and uh, this like it was it was in memorial hall, so it's kind of a weird place to see all these girls twerking it, but but he did it.
0: Yeah, um, that's he, that's kind of how it was at um <laughs> at the venue that we saw it because, of course, they. They put him in uh, Memorial Auditorium, yeah, I believe. Yeah, and it was it was crazy because you have this nice fancy chandelier, this huge theater, and then there's like <laughs> just 400 white kids going crazy over Big Boy.
1: Yeah, I mean he's he's a legend, but. I think he just rolls into wherever he's playing and just kind of brings the party with him. So
0: yeah, no, it's it definitely seems like that. And now that I've strayed into southern hip hop at this point, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, gonna reel it back in a little bit. No, I'll just go further down the rabbit hole. Yeah, man. right.
1: Next time I see you, have gold fronts.
0: We don't want to. We don't want to go there. <laughs> well, we could be here for hours sitting yeah, here yeah. talking about some southern hip hop. All right, it's, well, talk to me later. That's that's for another day and another show. Uh, special weekend event front, or something like that. Front weekend. Yeah, definitely get turned up as the, as the children are, are referring to it now. Turned up. Yeah. And um, so one of the things uh, that I'm interested in is seeing, how how do you feel like the band has changed, aside from lineup, um, with public housing and Br'er Rabbit and the early stuff? Like how, how have you watched the band kind of grow and progress? Uh, I think the addition
1: of, of Rob kind of started taking us where we're going now because he's got a distinct guitar style and I think I try to write for him stuff he'd like to play and before it was just Trey and I and we still have this kind of formula where Trey will bring songs fully completed and teach him to the band or we'll try to change it and make it all of our own and same with me but the early stuff was noisier or we didn't really expect to even play live and then with the recording of Brer Rabbit we started to play live and figure out how to be a live band, and then with this, with where we are now, I feel like we are a live band, and now we have to try to figure out how to transfer that energy to the records. So that's it's it's like it switched, you know. Before right. records to try to replicate live now try to switching re- back yeah. over yeah. So it's it's fun that way, and I think um, we're purposely trying to figure out how to do different styles of sounds or not have one be boxed into one kind of. You know, garage rock or or dream pop or whatever, yeah. whatever you call it. So I, I think having four distinct personalities in the band now, as opposed to me or Trey, Trey or I or whatever, I think that that helps inform where we are now, and we'll see where we're going next. I don't know. We got some songs we're working on, so.
0: And so speaking of that, how do you go about trying to transition that live energy into the studio?
1: I think it's uh well we recorded the new one at the Pinhook. A lot of it was at the pinhook, and and just playing there and having played there live as you know a band we like set up on the stage, um, recorded in like really tight spaces like we were saying before, and that just, right. that kind of transfers over and kind of treated it like we were playing live like like tracking live and and um, also louder guitars. <laughs> yeah, just uh, just I think it's it's more about where you record and and the stuff you're using like not using the best gear, just kind of. Whatever it would take to sound kind of like how you already sound, just just bringing that. Nothing fancy. Not not adding too much to the process.
0: And it seems like being on a stage in general, as opposed to like hold up inside of a studio, will do that itself. And I feel like a couple of other bands have done some recording at the Pinhook. It's it seems like an interesting, an interesting way of approaching a record, but it's awesome. Like,
1: yeah, it's 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 cool because you're comfortable there. And when you're in a studio, you're paying money or you have this expectation that you have to like nail something yeah and you know a lot of a lot of local or regional bands they have nine to fives or they they have a life where they can't just afford unless you have your own recording studio you can't just afford to just go in and record forever until you get that perfect sound right so i think once you acquiesce that give that away and then you're in a place like a, like kings or you're recording in somewhere like slims or or recording at the pinhook i think that transfers over that you kind of feel a little more relaxed you don't feel so under the gun and I think that makes a better-sounding live record or a better-sounding, like, like the immediacy to energy.
0: Definitely, and speaking of immediacy and energy, we're getting ready to transfer over to some more of those tracks that Mike picked out. Um, we are getting ready to hear some music from Spider Bags coming up next. Yep. Um, this is Waking Up Drunk. After that, you're going to hear some Super Chunk, and then we're going to come back in with a little more Gross Ghost uh, with a track called Howlin' from public housing and you guys are listening to carolina grown right here on wknc 88.1 wknc 88.1 this is grant golden i am still in the studio with mike dylan we are wrapping up this episode of carolina grown Wrap it up. wrapping it up you guys were just listening to some gross ghost with howlin uh that's from the new album public housing that came out this week um they are going to be playing at school kids records tomorrow at three o'clock is going to be live as all get out because it's It's be live it is it literally and and like metaphorically speaking i guess as well um before that you were listening to super chunk with foolish waking up drunk from spider bags um been chatting a little bit with mike about what you guys have obviously seen his uh, local music tastes are like um but currently what are some of the local bands that you're digging
1: I really like the new Schooner record, the Neighborhood Veins record. That's really awesome. Um, A band I haven't gotten to check out but I've been hearing a lot about is Wool. I've heard some of their songs. Definitely. uh, But I haven't seen them live. Um, Then I guess Organos, you know, all that stuff. And we play a show with this band Seagulls, which is got Marie Albany, uh, Sarah Fuller, and uh, Jackie Huntington, and uh, Betty from North Elementary. They're all-girl rock band. That was pretty cool. And then I guess other stuff would be, um, there's a lot. I mean, Spider Bags, obviously, Flesh wounds are great. They're a lot of fun, so much fun. I've seen them like twice, I think, in the last month or so, and it's been yeah. really awesome. And uh, other than that, I mean, everything's pretty good. I, I tend to stick, now since I live in Durham, I tend to see more Durham bands these days, and I think that there's a lot of stuff. going. I don't get out to Kings as much as I used to, but but I just see the lineups and like heads on sticks is always awesome, right, yeah, I, mean, I saw whatever brains last night, and their new stuff is insane it's, 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 <laughs> it's insane. insane, yeah, so I mean all that stuff you know like uh whatever brains anything Maria Albany or Reed Johnson's doing it's
0: yeah, stuff. and we we featured schooner last month as our local artist of the month mm-hmm. for those listeners that are familiar with it uh this month uh we have actually. Just recently announced our Artist of the Month is Naked Gods. Oh, yeah, they're awesome. Fantastic. They're going to be playing at our Fridays on the Lawn <clears throat> next Friday. Hopefully it isn't as gross and rainy as this Friday was because that would be not fun. Um, and they're going to be playing with Ghost Blonde as well, another cool. one of our favorite locals that we have around here. And um, I've been interested in checking out Seagulls because they played, ironically enough, at Wool's EP release show Yeah. at Kings, I believe. And I've heard a lot about them, but I don't see anything online, and that is the struggle with me. It's like when someone doesn't have something online, I'm just like just itching build, at the bit. There's like
1: McLaughlin style. There's building mystery. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I mean, I think that they are going to be playing a lot more. I think they're just getting their stuff together. They got about like five or six songs, and just dropping in, and doing the opening set when they can.
0: I think. Definitely, like what I heard was really awesome.
1: So I recommend it
0: incredibly excited to hear that and um speaking of kings we're gonna be closing some things out right now um want to thank mike for coming in and joining me and you basically taking all of my duties away from me and I, picking the music i kind of for the forced
1: hour. you to let me dj yeah, it's yeah. nice though it's yeah. it's nice take it's a load cool. off grant uh, yeah. take a load off let me let me steer the wheel for a little
0: while and put the load right on mike yeah do it and um, anyways we are going to be closing out taking a page from adam kincaid's book uh, maybe he is out there listening in radio land um Playing a song from Birds of Avalon's album, uh, Outer, Upper, Inner, and this is a song called Measure of the Same, uh, picked by the very own Mike Dillon of Gross Ghost. As I mentioned earlier, they're going to be playing at School Kids tomorrow at 3 o'clock Always love going to those in-store performances. Always really awesome. Very tightly packed, but very awesome. Should be fun. Um. So, yeah, you guys are getting ready to listen to Birds of Avalon. Tune in next week. Um, I will have Songs of Water on along with Bridges, so it's going to be another awesome show. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks to Mike for coming in, and thanks to Corby and Chris and Matt from the Let Feedback Ring folks for recording that interview uh, earlier last week. Always a good time. Thanks for listening. You guys are going to be closing it out with some Birds of Avalon right here on WKNC 88.1.